Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever Octane Podcast with your host, Randy Messman. And Dave Jimenez. And we are here to not only entertain you, but to help others achieve their definition of health and wellness through our experience, knowledge, and continued education without advocation or endorsing polarized thinking. And uh, like I said before, I'm Randy Messman, and I am a very, um, I guess what you would call, not a professional triathlete. I am a recreational <laughs> triathlete uh, who whose main goal is just to finish triathlons. But uh, this podcast is really just kind of a collaboration between uh, my coach and I, and uh, we both have backgrounds in uh, health and uh, exercise, but we also both have had some struggles in the past. Uh, most recently, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. I um, I grew up, played uh, a lot of high school football, lifted weights a lot, and actually got into some uh, competitive bodybuilding when I was about 18 and 19, and uh, did a couple of bodybuilding contests, then enlisted in the Navy. I uh, was very active in the Navy and still continued to work out, lift weights, bodybuild, etc. Um, and fast forward about eight years, got out of the Navy, went into a sales gig, started traveling, started eating like travelers do, which is pretty much everything you can find. And then, uh, you know, just got to the point, got married, uh, had some stepkids, had, a, had another baby. And just got to the point where I was super stressed out, um, wanting a change. And I should also mention that I've also uh, dealt with alcoholism and depression in my past. And it's something I'm going to talk pretty frank about uh, because, you know, exercise and modern medication have really helped me to, to be who I am today. But, you know, it was a struggle for me. I ended up putting on about oh, 50 pounds extra from what I was when I was in the Navy and uh, kind of topped out about 252 and at that point I knew I needed to make a change and the first thing I did was uh, one of my issues is insomnia so I take uh, take some medication for that and sometimes right before I go to sleep I don't really remember what I did so the <laughs> next day I uh, Woke up, looked at the old inbox, and saw that uh, I had become obsessed with the uh, infomercials for the Insanity Workout. So whenever they'd be on late at night, I'd always watch them and dream about having that body, that uh, Sean T body, and doing the workouts. And so one morning I woke up, and in my inbox it said, uh, congratulations, you purchased the Insanity <laughs> DVD set. And uh, You didn't know you bought it. I didn't know I bought it. Uh, I was pretty happy, though, that I bought it. Uh, Beachbody appreciates your insanity. I know, uh, literally. And mm -hmm. so um, about uh, three, four days later, I got it, uh, popped it in the DVD player, um, and started doing it right there in the living room. And um, you know, was sweating profusely. Uh, bought a heart rate monitor at their suggestion. Um, and... You know, I really started to try to change my life. At the time, my wife actually brought home a juicer from one of her employees that wasn't using it anymore. 
And I also was into, I'd seen a, a documentary called uh, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. And it was all about kind of like a juice fast. Or this guy went on a juice fast for like uh, 60 days and he lost like an obscene amount of weight. And he did got, he live? He did live. Okay. He got healthy, of course. Um, and uh, so I started juicing as well. And uh, that's something that Dave and I will discuss later on, but it's more of not necessarily, we're not here to to advocate paleo or CrossFit or triathlon, really. Uh, we're just really wanting to talk about there's, you know, what happened to us, what we did and where we're at now, and that there's a whole lot of, of different ways to skin that cat, you know, you yeah. can... You, you, I think it's important that the most important point to get across is that you have to find something you can sustain. And uh, for me, it was one thing. For Randy, it's another. But it does require a change. Um, and to maintain that, it requires a sustained change. And so if you can't find something you can live with, for example, I doubt Randy could live on juice alone, so he's probably not doing that anymore. But um you got to find something you can live with that can become a, lot, a new lifestyle for you. So that's what we advocate. And so we'll talk about a lot of things that we've tried and maybe modified a bit or maybe tried and hated or um, <laughs> tried and loved and still do today. Just to give you an idea of some real world examples of how some of this stuff works. Because uh, it could save you a lot of time, a lot of money and a lot of frustration. And we think. And through the process, we're going to try to be entertaining. Yes. Hopefully, people are going to listen to us. Um, Dave, especially, has a really nice pedigree with some of the folks that he's worked with in the past and is currently working with. But the the key thing for me is that the juicing, A, led to B, which led to C, which led to D. And, and ultimately, it's what got me here right now. Now, am I exactly where I want to be? No, not, absolutely not. But it's a far cry from where I was before when I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. Um, I didn't want to go to work. Hated all the things that I used to enjoy. And I'm not saying that exercise alone has helped me, you know, with my issues, uh, my medical issues. But it has been a major contributor. Um, I'm convinced of that. Um, but throughout the uh, the juicing experiment and the uh, insanity, I did lose quite a bit of weight. I, I lost it fairly quickly. And I was on Facebook one time, and I saw a video of... And if if you do have a triathlon background or or, or interested in multi-sports, um, there was a video of the Hoyts. And it's a father and son team. And even people that aren't interested in it may have seen this. And basically the son has a degenerative muscle disease. And he asked his father if they could participate in a race that would um, benefit his uh, specific disease. And so the father said yes. And basically what they did was they kind of modified a, a, a stroller. And uh, his father ended up pushing him the whole way. And so his dad made a decision that he would never say no whenever his son asked him to do a race. And ultimately that led to his father competing hundreds of races, father and son team together uh, uh, completing hundreds of races and even the Ironman, the full Ironman, 140.6 miles. The Kona Ironman at one point. The Kona Ironman, which yeah. is not easy to get to. No, not at all. 
So from there, I decided that I was going to sign up for a triathlon. Now, bear in mind, I didn't have a bike at that time. <laughs> and I hadn't ran since the Navy, which was at that time, well, that was last year. So I got out of the Navy in 2005. So 13 minus 5, 8 years. So I hadn't run more than probably 500 yards in 8 years. And didn't have a bike. Knew how to swim, but hadn't really swam except for, you know, playing around with the kids in the pool. My kids, not other people's children, which is a <laughs> very important. It's an important point to get across. Yes. Um, needless to say, there was a sprint triathlon in my neighborhood uh, that was exactly three months away. I had looked up um, some sample uh, workouts uh, to get ready for that, and they just happened to be about 12 weeks long. So I was very lucky, probably very stupid, naive, but I went out and did the triathlon in uh, the, the hefty guy division, which is called the Clydesdale division. The sexy division. Uh, the, it about? is the sexy division. <laughs> it's, it's the spandex doesn't really look all that great on this division. Um, ended up getting fourth, though. So for me... I was one place away from getting a trophy, but I didn't really care. It was a it was a, a, a huge success for me, and at that point I was hooked, like Dave said. And uh, since then I've done uh, another sprint triathlon, a half marathon, uh, a fifty mile triathlon, a Olympic triathlon, and I just got done two weeks ago with a half Ironman seventy point three, and this all took place within a year. Dave helped me out. Actually, I ran into Dave at uh, my second sprint triathlon. He held my bike and uh, <laughs> while well, I was getting body marked. And since then, I was like, this guy looks like he knows where I'm coming from. And uh, with that, I'm, I'm going to turn this thing over to Dave. Yeah, so uh, without the military background, relatively similar story. So... Uh, Grew up playing traditional sports. Uh, my first love was lacrosse. Played that from the time I could run. Um, moved to Texas from New York in junior high school. And at that point in time, we had no lacrosse here. Uh, which is where Randy and I are from, by the way. Um, Texas, the great state of Texas. Yes, the great state of Texas. Um, so, you know, I was always one of those kids that were bigger than the rest right now I'm two six five and about 275 so I'm still a, I'm a pretty big boy uh, and I always have been big so when you get to town and you're the new kid and you're bigger than everybody else in Texas and you're in junior high school you sort of immediately get shoved into a football uniform and thrown on the field and I played when I was a kid in New York but wasn't my first love as I mentioned but uh became my sport uh Still dabbled in baseball and basketball, and uh, but but really took football all the way through uh, through high school and into college. Uh, what well, didn't love playing football, so first first chance I got in college, which is during an injury, I sort of said, "It says I'm kind of done. I'm not going to play in the NFL." So why am I going to do this to myself? Um, still stayed active in college, though a lot of intramural sports. Played a ton of flag football. Um, Still played some baseball, softball, sand volleyball, like classic kind of college things to do. Even boxed a couple times in sanctioned matches. Um, that was fun. Um, got out of college and got a, immediately got a job in IT as an IT consultant. And the first thing you 
you do after they give you your bags, you get on a plane, you start traveling around, and here I am, this 25-year-old kid with an Amex, um, traveling the country, and uh, seeing it on somebody else's dime, I thought that was the best thing in the world, and in a lot of ways it was, I learned a lot about living that way, but the, the bad thing that comes with that is you can pretty much eat whatever, whenever you want, and uh, without a lot of restrictions, and uh, growing up playing football, you know, especially and as an interior player on the lines and linebacker, that kind of thing, you just, you really are taught to get big. So I only knew one way to eat and that was everything. (laughs) Um, Peanut butter milkshakes for me. Everything. Yeah. I mean, you name it, I would eat it. I didn't care about saturated or unsaturated fats. I didn't care about sugar. I just ate it. And And at the time you probably didn't have to worry about it. No, no. At the time I didn't, but then, you know, you get to 25 becomes 30 and, you know, by now I'm selling consulting, um, still with that same Amex card that somebody else is paying for, still traveling around, but now I've got the excuse of client dinners and steakhouses, and so things don't get better. Which, incidentally, we both did today. We both took clients out yeah, exactly, for lunch. For lunch. Um, do that a little smarter these days, though. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. So, um, at that point, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of living, getting married, had a couple kids, Fast forward to uh, about 36 years old. I'm running around at 325 pounds or so. Get into the doctor and he tests me out. He said, yeah, you got borderline diabetes. I later learned there's really no such thing as borderline diabetes. It's kind of binary. You either have it or you don't. And at that point I had it. We were regulating it with diet. So the doctor put it in my hands. And remember, I still have that Amex card and I still have that same job. So... You can probably see where this is going. Uh, about a year later in 09, I go in for that same test, and my A1C, which is uh, the measure of, uh, of, of sugar in your blood over a period of time, so over a three-month period of time at this point, it had gone from about a 5.6, which is, about, which is just above normal, 5.5 is normal, to a 9. Um, immediately put me on drugs. Didn't want to take those. I uh, was in bad shape. By now, the workload had gotten to me. I be- also became depressed. So Brandon and I also have that in common. And uh, I, like he, uh, you know, I, I do, I do get help with that, and it's great. Uh, and I'll get into that some more. But um, got a scare from the doc. He basically looked me in the eye. I'm 37. He goes, "You'll be dead by your fit by the time you're 50." That's what he told me. Mm. Uh, still remember that conversation to this day. He's a great doctor for ha- having the stones to have a conversation that way with me because most doctors would put it a little softer. But that's exactly what I needed. Didn't do anything for a while. And then my buddy Matt went and uh, he did Ironman Texas. No, I'm sorry. Ironman Florida in 2010. And uh, I didn't even really know what Ironman was at that point. I knew what triathlon was. I'd kind of see it on TV, ABC Wild Wars of Sports growing up or whatever. Um, thought it was kind of cool, but those people were crazy. Matt didn't have anybody going to Ironman with him. It's his first one. I didn't think that was a good idea, so I signed up to drive down there with him. You know, we we figured we'd go down there, we'd do Ironman, we'd come back through New Orleans and celebrate for a night and then come home. I got down there and I was just, couldn't imagine, couldn't believe the environment I was in. Just, um, I was immersed in some of the fittest people I've ever been around in my life. Um, of all shapes and sizes and ages, I saw a man finishing like 15 hours he was 85 years old and uh that guy kind of stuck with me because i'm like 
if he can get himself together enough to do this, I can certainly get myself in shape. And that was where I came from when I saw the hoist. I thought if this guy, and I did a little Google research on him, and at the time he had a heart condition. And I said, if this guy can do this with a heart condition, starting at the age of 50, I have zero excuses. Yeah, it's if you want to look up the Hoyts, by the way, it's Dick and Rick Hoyt. Dick's the dad and Rick is the son. Um, they're from the Boston area. Uh, Dick and Rick just finished their last Boston Marathon this past year. and So it was a big celebration in Boston for them this past year. Um, and Randy and I put that in the show notes. But do a Google on those guys. You'll you'll see some ESPN stuff come up. You can watch some pretty good videos on them. I think ESPN even named them Father-Son yeah, Team of the Year or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. So um, at that point, I got back from that Ironman. Didn't do anything for a couple of months. Um, 20, 2010 comes to an end and 2011 rolls through and I just start running. Um and like, Do you have any like instruction or zero? Just, I'm, I'm gonna go out and run. So funny. The story is relatively funny in that we're just in Austin one weekend for a wedding, and, uh, and out of the blue, you thought I'm gonna go run. I get up and my my wife at the time, my two kids are in bed, and I can't sit still for two minutes. Even as a big dude, I couldn't just I would go stir crazy, and I just decided to put on the wrong shoes for running. Like they were running shoes, but barely. They were Reeboks. I should tell you something if you don't know about Maybe they're cowboy boots or something. No cowboy boots. No, they were actually running shoes. But uh, I still have them to this day. I've kept them for whatever reason. But I look at her and I go, hey, I'm going to go for a run. And she looked at me like I had 10 heads. (laughs) It's like, you're going to do what? Because I used to be the guy who used to tell people, you run for no reason? You're silly. Well, why would you do that? How much did you weigh at the time? Still, like, I was 320 maybe. 320. Yeah, I lost a few pounds from dabbling in the gym or whatnot right nutrition wasn't really that in order any yet you know and nothing was really put together it was sort of you know doing what i could kids asleep kids asleep she's up watching tv seven in the morning beautiful austin morning i'm like we're staying at downtown hilton i get in the, i get the shoes on look at her and go going for a run she's like all right whatever <laughs> she, sure. I, I know i didn't really ask her but i know she must have thought he'll be back in five minutes and hoping that your life insurance premiums are paid up. They were paid up. She knew okay. that. So she, we were in good shape. I ended up running to the Capitol and back that day. Run, walk. It's about a mile and a half or so. Just run, walk, you know, downtown Austin and made it back to the hotel. And it didn't suck. Like, I was like, yeah, this is not too bad. And I was, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'll do it again. But it wasn't too bad. This is like Friday, Saturday is the wedding morning, wedding of the morning, the morning of the wedding. Let's put it out one minute. Um, got up and did the same thing. This time it was actually Captex weekend down there. Okay. Oddly enough. Which Captex? Um, the Captex triathlon. Okay. Yeah. So it was like the spring, I think. So my dates were kind of a little bit screwed up. This is the spring. Um, Captex is going on. I had no idea. I'm just running around. Here's this, here's these bikes flying by me downtown Austin. Capitol and back. So I ran up to the Capitol again. This time I decided I was going to go around the Capitol building in Texas and then kind of run back. And um, I'm on Congress and I can't cross the street because the triathlon's going on. So I just decided I'm on the other side of the Capitol. I just said I'm just going to run down that side of Congress and then I'll hop myself over later on down the road. And I'm going about two miles. Stopped and watched a little bit of the race, which I thought was kind of cool because I had just been to Ironman. Um, 
And I kind of been running ever since. And that year I just said, I'll do a 5K. Did a 5K. This is 2011? This is 10. 10. Late 2000, spring of 2010. So, yeah, middle of 2010 or so. No, you're right, 11. 11, because Iron Man was in November of 10, so it had to be 11. You had no idea I was stalking you all this time. No, you got me. You got me on. You got me covered, apparently. You've got my resume over there. Um, did a 5K. Said, okay, I could do that. Let's do a 10K. Did a 10K. Said, I could do that. Let's do half marathon. All the while, I'm trying to, I'm kind of getting myself together nutritionally. So Now, how many months is this? Like, when you decided, I'm going to do a half marathon, was it three, four, five months? I did it. Um, I did Dallas. No, Thanksgiving was my first one okay. of 2011. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, Cox Racing has one at Trinity River in Fort Worth. Okay. Which, by the way, never do it. It's a terrible race. <laughs> um, it's like one aid station on the route. So, um, did that one. We apologize um, to the Cox folks. We, I really don't. I mean, it's, no. just, it's, just, it's not a very well-run race. I, I haven't been back, so it might have gotten better. But So, yeah, maybe I should just give them another chance. Another chance. Um, did that half marathon. Didn't like the result, which for the first time I was, I was really – I don't know why. Cause like your time? Or? I, didn't like, yeah, I didn't like that it took me two hours and 30 minutes to do this thing or 2.40 or whatever, whatever that time was. That's know. what mine was, and I was thrilled. Yeah, I was like <laughs> – you know what it was? I think it was one of those rainy where you just, like, I could have done better. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is Thanksgiving. Two weeks later is the Dallas Half Marathon. I'm not registered. Registration's closed. But I'm, like, I'm looking at thing, looking it up, and I'm, like, I got to try to do this thing. By the way, do you want to do the Dallas Marathon this year? Not the full. Okay. Maybe Stephanie's maybe. doing the half, so I got to run that with her. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh... So, I walk up and register for the Dallas Half Marathon like a week and a half after the Thanksgiving one because I wanted to do better. I had no idea there was 30,000 people running this. Thing. The Cox race is tiny. It was maybe 1,000 people. Get out there. It's 40 degrees and sleeting. I had a blast. Until last year's Cowtown, it was still my Half Marathon PR. 2.16 or something like that. And so... There started the progression. Now I'm in endurance. I'm air quotes, by the way, for the listeners. But now I'm an endurance athlete, right? Um, decided that I'm going to try to get in, run a marathon the next year. Made my dad a deal. Said, hey, dad, if you quit smoking, my dad's a Marine, okay? Two, tour, two tours in Vietnam, still very, you know, how the Marines are as a Navy guy. You know, yes. these guys are crazy. You go, you quit smoking, I'll run the Marine Corps Marathon. I said, I will register right now. All you got to do is quit smoking. He says, okay. Well, of course, he didn't keep his part. <laughs> so in 2012 was my highlight. We're in the Marine Corps Marathon. Um, started doing some triathlon at that point in that year. And what um, was the reason why triathlon? I mean, was there Still like, Ironman, Florida, that trip. Just, so that was just like... But I'm one of those guys, I have to have... step. It's a stepping stone thing. Right. And not only was it a stepping stone thing, but... I have to have a goal. Like, I have to have that next thing to look for. Yeah. Or I feel like I may quit. Did you, like, ultimately know that you wanted to do an Ironman someday? Or did you think, ah, this is outside of my I didn't think there was... Even even after I finished the marathon, I was like, I still don't think I can do that. 
I'm still like, because you finish those things, as you just experienced in Austin, you finish those things, and the first thing you think about is, can I do that twice? Right? <laughs> Tell me you didn't say that to you. No, I said to myself, how in the hell can somebody <laughs> do this twice? Or how could somebody, and it, usually it's on, you know, the initial part of the run, and I just get totally demoralized. <laughs> and I think to my, and this is what I was thinking when I did my half marathon. I'm like, how in the world? Could anybody ever do this twice? Now, granted, I didn't really do a good job of pacing right um, at that, but still, I mean, it's a it's a long ways. Thirteen and thirteen point one miles is is a long way. Hell, five k is a long way. Yeah, yeah. Most people don't drive that far in a day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's this point. Iron Man was still a seed that had been planted in the head, but. It wasn't, I wasn't going to register for an Ironman. I, I, the, the marathon, by the time I got to the Marine Corps marathon, I was like, I'm going to do a half next year. But at that point I thought half would be is, I'm only that's that crazy, right? I'm not right. crazy enough to do the whole thing. Went out to Oceanside, um, in 2013, it's early in the year. It's, uh, March. Did that for my first half Ironman. Um, finished in like seven thirty or something. Not fast, because um, like you, I'm in the I'm in the sexy division, the big boy division. To be fair, I am no longer in the sexy division. Well, well I wish I was. Still I am in the sexy. firmly in the sexy <laughs> division. I'll be racing there on Sunday, as a matter of fact. So I did Oceanside. Loved that. Loved it. It was hard as hell, but. I loved the experience. I loved how it made me feel. And again, I just, like I told you, finished and I'm like, Iron Man was still in my head. But I looked at my, I was, I was like, I looked at what I just did and I'm like, there's no way I can do two of those. Right. Right. There's no way. Later that year, went out to Buffalo Springs, did another one. Um, and uh, in between those, I went and ran the Boston Marathon in 13, which you know about. But yeah, the bombings went off. I got cut short off the, Cut, cut short, uh, mile 23 or so, uh, between 23 and 24 out there. So, wait, 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 wait. I'm just not going to let you, like, <laughs> just skip over that. So, you were in the Boston Marathon when a terrorist attack took place. Yeah, so... And you got pulled off the course. So, oddly enough... Because of a terrorist attack. Yeah, so, um, during Marine Corps marathon i had met a guy from a competitor group and uh and you know through a friend of mine and and she's like you know i think i can get a number for you for boston if you want it and i'm a pretty proud guy but you know so my initial thought it would be like kona you know if somebody calls me up and said i can get you a number for kona i'm going i don't care if i don't yeah qualify. you know it's it's one of those things where you're like i really want to earn it right but if somebody called and said hey I just punched your ticket to go run Boston or run or go to Kona. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And it's a once in a lifetime opportunity and right. I'm not gonna pass it up. And that happened and, and so I had a spot in twenty thirteen in the Boston Marathon and, and um yeah, I went up there and ran and my dad was right across the street from Bomb One, literally like in the bleachers for the next to the library. Wow. He took a couple pictures, it was just chaos and I left the house that morning to go to Hopkinton, which is a pretty good bus drive from Boston, um, at like 6 o'clock that morning. 
and I didn't get back to the hotel at 9.30, and there were military police with M16s all over downtown Bob. It was a crazy, crazy experience. And you see that thing on TV and not be there is one thing. I remember 9-11. We all do, right? right. So I'll tell you where I was. But to be there and, and somewhat involved in it is a whole different ball of wax. So when I got back from that thing, man, it was like I was glued to the TV and it was glued to Twitter, like looking for updates because I wanted them to find those dudes. Yeah. And I wanted them to do very bad things to them for a very long time. You know, not just because, you know, you're angry at those kinds of things. Right. Yeah. So, you know, kind of moving on, I, uh, after that experience, I was like, well, there goes my shot at Boston because, you know, there's, they're not just it's the Super Bowl of Marathon they're not just going to let you come back right you know and thankfully they did wow they just sent a mail and said hey you know we've decided that if you made it past the halfway mark and I was well past that that uh, we're going to let you come back and run it again and so I went back this year and finished that one Um, anyway so a couple half irons in a couple marathons in and um at the end of 2013, just take a half step back, I decided I'm going to go ahead and register for an Ironman. And I went up to, uh, I went up and registered at Ironman Canada for uh, Ironman Canada. Have you, had you done a half iron? Yeah, I'd done a half. I did Oceanside um, and Buffalo Springs. And um, that was this year. I did it both years. Both years, okay. Last yeah, year. I did both okay. halves uh, both years. I'm, I'm uh Apparently a glutton for punishment with the Buffalo <laughs> Springs race. We can talk about that later. Love that race. Uh, love the Greers who put it on. Great people. But that course chews me up and spits me out. It's a very hard race. Anyway, um, went up to Ironman Canada, volunteered, registered um, for my first Ironman. And uh, basically trained all year for that race this year. And um, I won't get into the details, but I had a... Not so great day out there. Didn't get the job done. Got pulled off mile 10 on the run. We can do an episode on this if you want, but I want to make it all about me. <laughs> Got home and wasn't satisfied with that. <clears throat> Took a couple of weeks and thought about it and signed up for Ironman Maryland um, coming September. So about a six week, six or eight weeks apart. And Now this is actually, it works out pretty, worked out pretty good for you because there's a lot of isn't there a lot of Ironmans that just sell out? Like yeah, tons all, of them. Maryland almost was, immediately. Yeah, Maryland was an inaugural race, so they had bought a, a, a privately held race from some locals right. in uh, Maryland called the Chesapeake Man. Um, they have Eagle Man up there every year. It's a seventy point three race. This is basically basically the same course, just two loops on the same course. Um, flat, fast, um, tough swim, I'd say, but. Once you're out of the water, it's it's really just uh, just enduring the race itself, and I had a good time there, um, and I was really really thankful to become an Ironman this year, like I had hoped to. Now I didn't do it in Canada, and I'll go back to Canada and do it again. But uh, I learned a lot in that Canada experience. You learn a lot every time you do anything. Tell them about your bike experience. <laughs> I know we're not getting into race reports, but I mean this yeah. is an amazing story. It's actually it's amazingly stupid. <laughs> well, and tell people what electronic shifting is because there might be a yeah. lot of people out there that. Like, okay, that? so you you guys, for you guys that, that don't know about bikes in general, they, you know, the shifting can be done either manually, and now they have Shimano came out a couple of years ago with 
um, the ability to, to shift electronically. So you basically have buttons on the handlebars of your bike um, or the aero bars on a triathlon bike and you just hit the buttons and they shift your gears for you and for only a few thousand dollars yeah they're not cheap but <laughs> I will tell you I feel more safe with the i2 which is what the, it's basically the model number Shimano calls it I, I feel more safe with them because I have the shifters on the bullhorns on the, the bars not just on the aero bars like you do on, a, on most triathlon bikes but anyway but in order to have electronic shifting you have to have a power source <laughs> the power source for my bike looks like an looks like an old Nokia cell phone battery, um, and you can ride a thousand miles or so on a charge. And uh, I don't didn't remember the last time I charged it, so I thought the smart thing to do would be just put it on the charger one last time before race before Ironman, and you know I'll I'll put my keys on the battery so I cannot forget it in the morning of uh, of Ironman Maryland. So I do that and I put the I put everything in my morning clothes bag, which is the only bag you bring that morning of an Ironman because you really don't have a chance to get anything else. And I'm like, I get there, I get to transition, and I'm getting all prepped up and ready, and I'm pulling my things out of my morning clothes bag, and I'm just really just prepping my nutrition, getting the bottles all put on the bike, and making sure airs are in the tires. Well, the thing I neglected to do is pull the battery off the off out of the bag and put it on the bike, and. Uh, so, to cut to the chase, I basically rode a 112-mile bike course at Ironman Maryland stuck in one gear. I had no ability to change gears unless I could find a battery, in which case was on a truck somewhere heading back <laughs> to the finish line. So, um, luckily, I was in a decent enough gear, and I could do it. And very luckily, it's a pretty flat course in Maryland. So, there was only a few times I wish I had the ability to change gears. Um and and I was able to ride a lot slower than, uh, or a lot easier than I would have normally ridden, I think, which helped me do fairly well there. I did a 15-hour Ironman, and for for me, that's that's good, especially coming off of a DNF where I was going to be really close to the cutoff as it was in Canada. So I think that's good for anybody because, I mean, that's Ironman cutoff 17 hours. So yeah. You had two hours to play with. Yeah, I would have. I would have used him if I needed him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my story. Um, as Randy mentioned, I've I've kind of fallen in love with the sport. I'm now a coach. Um, Randy's one of my athletes. I love coaching. Um, not only for its financial benefits, but more for me at least. Um, because it, it allows me to be involved in the sport for a long, long time. And so when I'm done being an IT guy... You know, I, I, I'm not going to be able to retire and not do anything. And this is so, this gives me something I know I can do for the rest of my life. And um, I love it. My kids love it. They love to be around the, the sport. They came and watched Randy and the rest of the DFW Tri-Club team race. And um, so it's great. It's great to be around such a good community and good group of people, meet, meet new friends like I met Randy. Um, now we're doing a podcast. Yeah, now we're podcasting. <laughs> Whether somebody will listen, I don't know. Hopefully, but um, yeah, we're. Uh, I think we're both pretty thankful. For Absolutely. What the what a lifestyle change really? Not yeah. only triathlon, but more the lifestyle change in general has, yeah. has offered us. So. Absolutely. Well, and you know, one thing I didn't mention too is earlier this year I actually got rain off the road and well, broke broke my collarbone, and that's really why I'm kind of a proud guy and. 
I have uh, a bachelor's degree in community health education, and uh, I, you could say I basically minored in exercise science because the first two years I was an exercise science major, uh, first three years really, and then I joined the Navy and um, actually came back. The Navy sent me back to finish my degree uh, so I could become an officer, and at that point I just wanted to go back to the fleet as quickly as possible. So I, I asked my uh, advisor what the quickest degree was with my credits and said community health education. So the bottom line is what I'm saying is we do know a little bit about what we're talking about, especially Dave with, uh, with his coaching certification. But I, I also worked my way through my first three years of college as a certified personal trainer and a fitness instructor. And at the time, I was more interested in bodybuilding and fat loss than I was in endurance athletics. But... We do have a little bit of a, a background that where we feel, you know, something that we have to say might resonate with somebody out there in the audience. And uh, for me, the benefits of regular exercise, and, and that's really what it came down to for me, is I just kind of had one of those you know, moments of clarity where I knew I was stressed out at work. I was trying to run a business at the same time on the side. You know, married, small child, uh, two older stepkids, and you know, something had to give. And at that point, I just thought to myself, when did I feel the best in my life? And that was when I was working out regularly. And so I thought that it can't be, you know, by happenstance that I felt great when I worked out. So that's when I really committed I was going to give myself 40 minutes a day. That was going to be my time. And I was going to spend that working out. How I was going to work out, I don't know. But it started out with my Ambien-induced uh, insanity <laughs> workout. Uh, probably never heard those three words in the same sentence, but uh, Ambien-induced insanity. Maybe you actually have. I've heard of people like eating crazy stuff on Ambien. But anyway, that's where we're at today. And... Um, since then, I can't say that, you know, I haven't been depressed since I, you know, started endurance sports a year ago, but I will tell you that, you know, it's, it's been a lot less, you know, I've been excited about life. I was actually telling Dave, you know, a lot of times when people, you know, hit that pivotal, what we'll call, and we'll talk about it later, what's an A race for your season once you hit that A race, there's kind of a letdown, and there really hasn't been a letdown for me. I'm more excited to, to train now um, than I was before. But getting back, I, I knew Dave was a coach, and I joined the DFW Tri Club because they have open water swims um, on Saturday, and I knew that was going to be something I needed to get uh, accustomed to uh, if I wanted to do these longer races. And after I broke my collarbone, I knew I probably needed some help because I was kind of proud, read the books, wanted to do my own workouts and, and uh, design my own training plan because I really enjoy that. Love laying down a spreadsheet and, uh, you know, looking at, you know, the, laying down the future and seeing, you know, anticipating the benefits of, you know, of weight loss and anticipating everything else and knowing that really, you know, success or failure is ultimately up to me and I, I if I choose to do the workouts if I choose to do the uh, nutrition the way I should then it's gonna it's gonna go well I, 
it really is exercise really is a science and uh, our bodies respond uh, for the most part you know some people have uh, you know pre-existing conditions that may prevent them or slow them but I don't think anything can really prevent you from reaching your goals if you're really sticking to a program yeah I think it's important I've had this conversation today as a matter of fact with somebody else <clears throat> the biggest thing and I think I said it earlier when I was talking about the food part just finding what works for you and works long term I think when people get into working out look at like Randy like look at what happens to the gym January 2nd right right yeah nobody's there it's the just last yeah. yeah it's the last place on earth you want to go if you go on December 2nd because it's packed like nobody's there in December and everybody's there in January right the thing that I think the thing that you have to find is you have to find your happy place. Yes, you do have <laughs> to find that. But you also have to find how you balance a new lifestyle in with your existing stressors, right? Your your family obligations and responsibilities, your work obligations and your responsibilities because if you just make this lifestyle change an additional stressor, something's going to give and you're going to something's going to stop. Yeah. And most often it's not going to be work and it's responsibilities because that's how you put food on the table and it's not going to be family because those are the people that love you no matter what. It's going to be the lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if there's one conversation I love to have with people when they ask, you know, how do I get started? It's how much time do you have? Really think about how much time do you have and what are you trying to achieve? And not five years from now, three weeks from now, or a month from now. And just, you know, break it up into little consumable chunks and set challenging but, you know, goals you have to work towards. And that, you can have success for a long time. A really long time. And one of the ideas I had for an upcoming show is really trying to, <clears throat> is is how I have laid down plans in the past. How I laid down plans for clients uh, when it came to fat loss and uh, you know strength training goals, and uh, Dave can probably really speak to this about how you lay down a you know even a year long plan when it comes to endurance. Um, and we're gonna talk a lot about triathlon, really, just because that's what we're both doing right now, um, and that's really what. I've become obsessed about, and uh, my wife could tell you, I, I do have a tendency to get a little bit overboard in some of my um, hobbies, and uh, <laughs> I've had many hobbies over the years, uh, and the majority of them have been uh, related to health and wellness, though, so I, for some reason, I've, and I will tell you the reason why is when I was growing up, I've got curly hair, right? Keep it short now, but I got really curly hair. And I got long eyelashes. And I was a little pudgy growing up. When I grew up... Where is this going exactly? People thought I was a girl. (laughs) People literally thought that I was a little girl. And this was probably up to... I was maybe in fourth (laughs) or fifth grade. So I was... You're not laughing, but I'm trying to laugh. No! I got called buckwheat. (laughs) I got called afro. I got called fro. And some of those have actually stuck... uh, Some of those nicknames stuck with me for a while. But they're going to stick now. That's right. They probably are. <laughs> probably shouldn't have said that. But my point is, I had this crazy internal need to be a man. 
And so when I first got into junior high, my mom belonged to this fitness center. I grew up in a really small town in Nebraska. Go Huskers, by the way. Anyway, small, <laughs> tiny fitness center. And there's these guys in there. And I think they were like uh, sophomores or juniors. And they were what I considered big, muscular football player guys. And I was just fascinated by that. And so I picked up a weight. And I just kind of mimicked what they were doing. And they were doing these arm curls, which they called seven ups. And basically, you go halfway up seven times, and then you go uh, all the way to the top, but you only come halfway down seven times, and then you do seven full reps. So I did this, and I was literally sore for <laughs> a month? About a month. About. <laughs> I think it was about five weeks all told. Now, I was sore for a long time to the point where, like, my arms shortened up for a little while and I couldn't extend my arms all the way. I mean, you would think that any normal human being would be like, I probably shouldn't do that again. But for me, I was like, I'm, I cannot wait to get in there. So I started devouring anything I could get. And this is pre internet. So I'm 38. I know, uh, Dave may divulge his age. I don't know. I'm 42. Okay, so we're in the same... So this is pre-internet, and this is rural Nebraska. So I got, like, the bodybuilding magazines, and when we made the big pilgrimage to Lincoln to do the school shopping, I'd buy a couple books here and there. So, but my point is, I would memorize these books to the point where I knew everything there is, to the point where I knew so much about biology and anatomy that my teacher asked me to help other people when we were in the anatomy portion of it because I'd already learned it all because I was interested in it. I so, can't say the same, by the way. <laughs> so with in that regard, I've always been a little bit obsessive about whatever uh, whatever I get involved in. But the good thing is I've become obsessed with bike, bike, ma- bike maintenance, uh, gear ratios, all this stuff that we can talk about that – People, if they're interested, can use that knowledge to fast forward themselves and get through a lot of, uh, you know, just be kind of up to speed, no pun intended, uh, if they get interested in doing a race, which I think everybody should do. There's no reason in the world, if you want to lose weight and you're interested at all, that you shouldn't try a uh, sprint triathlon. It's a great, great community and, you super know, fun. It's, it's super fun. <clears throat> yeah, we're lucky here. We got good promoters here that make it a. They call it a race and a party. Those things, those races are great. Speaking of promoters, <laughs> I think Dave should tell uh, tell y'all who uh, who sponsors us. Oh yeah, so um, so I'm lucky enough to uh, get to race on the Gatorade Endurance um, um, Endurance team. So it's a team of 21 people across the U.S. Um, that basically go and race endurance races um, wearing Gatorade gear. And uh, we hand out Gatorade Endurance nutrition products, which is different than what you get at your local Kroger, Albertsons, Randall's, Tom Thumb, whatever your local grocery store is. This stuff's sold at specialty stores like running stores and triathlon stores and the like. But um, it's fantastic nutrition. Um, I use it on race day. Randy's used it on race day. Lots of our athletes. It's very yummy. It happens to be um, the on-course nutrition, hydration 
Thor uh, Iron Man in the U.S. for the next few years. So uh, look for it on course. Train with it as you're preparing for your races. Um, and if uh, I've actually talked to the folks at Gatorade this morning, and we're going to try to have some of the folks on to go deep into what the products have to offer. And maybe some lucky listener will win oh, a yeah. Gatorade towel. Yeah. Some, or maybe a hat. Or some chews. Or some chews. Yeah. Good stuff. They taste so, like uh, gummy worms, but better. Yes. They're really, really good. Um, so, yeah, we're happy to have Gatorade um, helping us to promote the podcast and uh, further the cause here. Um, so, look for it on course, like I said. And it's already on course at uh, the Rock and Roll Races, 350 races nationwide that you find Gatorade Endurance um, on course. So uh, you know Gatorade, and now this is just a special formula for uh, those of us that like to uh, travel long distances self-propelled, as I like to call it. <laughs> it does work, too, and it works very well. Yeah, um, We're also part of uh, an organization called the uh, DFW Tri-Club. So if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, or really in any of the cities surrounding Dallas-Fort Worth, if you wanted to make just a week-long trip in during the season, they have the best open water swims. They're, uh, they're, uh, what you? They have kayaks out there. Yeah, kayaks, buoys set up, super safe. Coaches uh, on site. We got four coaches every Saturday at the open water swim. It's at Grapevine Lake Grapevine. Um, that's during the season. We just ended the season. What we'll tell you though. Um, we have a thousand, thousand or so workouts a year, group workouts that are coached. So I'm on the coaching staff at DFW Tri Club proudly. Uh, head coach is David Bertrand, uh, brilliant guy. Um, there's nine of us on staff. He's um, a, is he a professor? He's a professor at SMU, yeah, at SMU, in their okay. sports department there. So um, I urge you to look into dfwtriclub.com, um, look at the calendar if you're local. Come out to a workout, try it out, um, be happy to have you, um, no charge for the first one, at least. Um, and to be fair, I mean, the, the charge <clears throat> is really minimal. I mean, when you... Yeah, when, it's to 250 bucks a month or something, a year, I a mean, month, a year, year. No, not, a, not a month. It's 25 bucks a month, and uh, I mean, if you really look into that, I mean, one open water, that, that's what... The way I justify it, first of all, this is the first ever Facebook ad I respond to. <laughs> Seriously. It's like, I'm like, how the heck is Facebook going to make any money? And then, sure enough, targeted marketing works because there's a thing that said, do you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area? And it didn't say that. I read it. But um, I clicked on it. I was like, wow, 25 bucks a month. I get a t-shirt, which I, I love t-shirts. And... <laughs> That's and what you joined. I joined for the T-shirt and the stickers that I have yet to get. But anyway, the T-shirt and then the open water swim because it's vitally important because that people, if you're interested in triathlon, you know how to swim in the open water and you know how to swim with people next to you. Um, and that's really what I joined for. And I haven't really been able to take advantage of some of the other workouts. But, um, I mean, you could literally train – an entire season just on the DFW try workouts with a group. Uh, if you're a, that type of person, yeah, we have workouts six days a week. Only days that we don't have workouts are Sundays. So wide open calendar. So dfwtryclub.com, dfwtryclub.com/slash/calendar for the calendar. Um, click on the coaching link. You can check out my ugly mug on there. There's some profiles for all the coaches. 
And you I have just, a website too, right? Yeah, I have a website. Uh, you're fit, spelt wrong. Y-U-R-F-I-T.com. Lots of blog posts out there about all kinds of endurance, sports, how to get into it, tips, tricks, mistakes I've made. I'm a pretty transparent guy. So you'll get a lot more of that on the podcast. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. So when Randy asked, it was a no-brainer for me. But I think that might have been ambient-induced as well, but here we sit. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Takes drugs for him to ask me to do a podcast <laughs> with him. I have a website too. It's uh, fatnowfit.com. Uh, it's for, uh, I post my blogs up there. Um, I haven't blogged for quite a while. Um, I, I really started the website because I, I started, I got into kind of this uh, no sugar, no grains diet, or it's kind of a derivative of the paleo diet. Um, we can talk about that in later shows, but you know, um, it is what it is. It was very good for me initially. I, I don't really practice it right now, but I kind of went on what I called a, um, a 60 day challenge. Did not finish the challenge, <laughs> but I blogged about it, posted um, results from my weight, my workouts, even pictures on there, and um, got a couple blogs on there about other uh, other items, but one of the most is kind of told my story about uh, my battle with alcoholism and depression, and um, it got a lot of looks. So, I mean, if, you, if you've dealt with depression or alcoholism or drug addiction, I haven't had drug addiction issues, but um, I, I think you probably relate to, you know, my story. Um, so you can read that there. And I, I promise I will be blogging more about various subjects, including but not limited to children, pets, and <laughs> carpet cleaning, maybe. I don't know. And I'm going to talk about Big Green Egg at some point because I love to cook on my Big Green Egg. So, What's your Big Green Egg? You haven't seen these before? I'll have to show it to you after the podcast. No. What is it? It is a, it is the ultimate barbecue pit. Oh, my God. I've seen pictures of you eating what looked like a Mastodon rib. <laughs> yes. At, uh, That's my uh, buddy Matt. He's a competitive barbecue guy. But, yeah, he's a Big Green Egg <laughs> Competitive barbecue. Not competitive bodybuilder. Competitive this, barbecue. This, by the way, is the same Matt that's an Iron Man from Florida. Same oh, guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. He's, uh, he's moved on now, and he's, he's doing uh, competitive barbecue. But, yeah, so. Uh, you can do that for a job? No, he, he does IT work, but okay. he's done pretty well, actually. On the side, yeah. he makes money barbecuing, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, and he's skinny, believe it or not. And so. to, to be fair, this is not some, some money-making scheme for us. This, <laughs> this, I don't know how. I, well, I do know how because there's some people out there that make a living from, I guess, podcasting or driving um, driving people to their websites to do something. You know, we may we may throw up a link here and there, uh, but it's it's for legit stuff. It's stuff that we've either used or uh, kind of condone, I guess, or endorse. I wouldn't yeah. say we endorse it. I and mean, We might get in trouble if we say we endorse it, but um, it's just stuff that we think is important. So Stuff we use that works. Yeah. Mistakes we've made, too. Stuff to buy, stuff maybe not to buy, and why. Yeah. But there'll be a website for the podcast as well, so we'll post some show notes with some links there. But generally, it's just a place for us to get the information out. So be looking for that. Um, actually, have that up on my screen right now, so I'll be working on that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a good time here. So stick with us. Yeah, and eventually, um, I don't know what I was going to say. 
Eventually, I'll know what I was going to say about and Then we can talk about it. And then we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll podcast we'll about riff. it. But, um, oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, eventually, this is going to be on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have time, please leave us a uh, review on iTunes and it'll give us a chance to be uh, heard by more people. And uh, to eventually, really, I've always, you know, I had a job interview one time and the guy said, what do you want to do? And my honest answer to him was, I want to help people. And, and that's really what this comes down to is I want to be able to help it's kind of like when you have kids and you don't want them to make the same mistakes that you did and that's really the position that i'm coming from whether it be lifestyle mistakes i mean i'm a stress eater so i i fight that as well so i've got one of those addictive personalities i guess you could say but that's really where i'm coming from is i just want to help people and if something that dave and i say during our ramblings helps people then awesome uh, yeah, that's leave, why we're here. Leave a leave a review for us. Yeah. So we're about at the uh, fifty-seven minute point. So yeah, I think we need to stop while we're ahead. Okay. So um, for all you people out there who are listening, I really appreciate it, and uh, you will hear from us uh, next week if you decide to download it. Yeah. Thanks, everybody.